1: Good evening, and welcome to Morph Mom Moments. Uh, we're thrilled to be here tonight with my amazing guest. Well, let me introduce my co-host first, Lisa Berkeley, and my amazing, wonderful guest, Pamela Redmond-Satrin, and Kelly Peeler. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit more, and I know uh, those of you who are new to the show, I'm going to give you a very quick, I promise, uh, explanation of what exactly a Morph Mom is. Uh, and for those of you who've heard this before, I will promise it will be quick as well. Um, So basically, my name is Kathleen Smith, and I'm the founder of MorphMom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com. And it's a website which has now become sort of more of a multimedia place to go to connect women and to connect on any level that you possibly can. So if you visit the website, you'll see uh, 500 plus interviews of women who are doing whatever it is they always wanted to do, something they may have had to do something they may never have expected to do. But they're on there to share what they do to help others. And it's with complete kindness and with a pay-it-forward attitude that they become a part of MorphMom. And it's to help those looking to do something or those who are sort of in a position they never thought they'd be in and need the help. So that's basically the website. Um, On top of that, though, you can also please, I encourage you to join the website because then you can also connect with others on there as well. And it's very private. It's a very... It's a very special place where you can connect with other women without revealing everything to the world, which in this day and age is really difficult to find. Um, since then, uh, there are also many articles on Huffington Post um, that I've written about these amazing women that I've met over the past few years. Uh, we also host cocktail parties around the country, and that will be up on morphmom.com to let you know when the cocktail is coming to a city near you. And I encourage all of you to come to those as well, to just interact and meet women who you may need to connect, you may want to connect, you may not even realize what you need, but I promise you, once you get there, it really is a great place to come. And most recently, we now have a radio show, Morph Mom Moments. So, uh, enough about me. <laughs> I'm sure it was agreeing with that as well. And let's get to my amazing guests. Um, and we're going to begin with the author of, and I'm sure most of you out there, myself, especially my daughter, my 19-year-old daughter, who is addicted to this new TV show and TV land called Younger, starring Hilary Duff, I th- um, Sutton Foster, and Debbie Mazar. It's an amazing show, but what's most amazing about it, it's based on an amazing book called Younger. And I'm now going to introduce the author of that book.
2: Hi. Hi, Kathleen.
1: <laughs> I- Welcome to the show all the way in from LA. Uh, we are thrilled to have you here tonight. It's
2: so great to be here.
1: Um, So tell us all about, I'm just going to push this a little bit closer. Um, Tell us about Younger. Tell us about your experience as an author and sort of how you got
2: here today. Um, You know, the the idea for Younger was partly born of um, when I was in my early 40s. Uh, watching a lot of my mom friends who had stopped working when they had kids and were were trying to get back into the workforce and we 're having so much trouble, you know even often working up the confidence to to try and send out that resume or make that contact. you know a lot of your contacts are out of date and you 're trying to get back in and maybe you left when you were an assistant, and you didn 't really your career didn 't really progress to the point where Um, other 40-something-year-olds did. And so um, that was the idea for the character of Liza, who has raised her only child, is trying to go back to work. Nobody wants to give her a job. You know, there's a great moment in the first um, episode of the show where she's um, at an interview, and she says, I'll start as an assistant. And the young woman interviewing her says, oh, that would be weird. You're way too old. <laughs> <laughs> and the, <laughs> and uh, the the colleague says, oh, she was going to say overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like but danger, yeah. Will Robbins, here it comes. That word is coming. The old word. Right, You're right, right. So she pretends to be in her 20s. And, you know, it's kind of an, a don't ask, don't tell thing. And she gets hired as an assistant. And she gets this whole new young life in, complete with hot young boyfriends. So. <laughs> now,
1: I'm going to go into Younger, um, Darren Starr reaching out to you and it becoming a TV show, but I want to back up a little bit and sort of tell us about your journey. Now, Younger is only one of, by the way, seven of your novels that are out there right now, along with this unbelievable uh, website that you have called nameberry.com. So tell us a little bit about your history, your journey sort of to where you how you came to where you are today.
2: Well, you know, I mean, in a way, my career was kind of shaped by becoming a mom. I was an editor at Glamour Magazine, and I had my first child. And like a lot of women, I was trying to figure out, you know, how do I do this? How do I, you know, and it seemed pretty difficult to balance a big job in the fashion business with, you know, going home and dealing with a toddler. And so um, I wanted to be a freelance writer and... um Started writing books, and I wrote my first name book, and uh, and then started writing novels, and have written a lot of different kinds of books, and, and basically been a working writer for many years, raising my children.
1: And I want to mention not just a writer, but a New York Times best-selling author as well. On top of that,
2: yes, um, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> You just poke me. I'll do it again. Um, Yeah, no, but like Kelly, I mean, I kind of, you know, Kelly is a web entrepreneur. Kelly, your other guest is a a web entrepreneur, and I kind of came to the web late. I'd written all these books about names, and we owned all of our digital rights because Hmm. when we started in the late 80s, no one knew what digital rights were. Right. Um, And I just want to interrupt for one
1: second when you said my other guest, Kelly Peeler, CEO and founder of NextGenVest, N-E-X-T-G-E-N-V-E-S-T. And as you're listening, I'm sure you're all typing that into Google right now to figure (laughs) out what that is.
2: It's amazing. And you're
1: going to hear about it tonight.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. But, um, you know, just... uh, kind of as a writer and then being very resistant to the idea of becoming a web entrepreneur which was really silly but you know that's the way writing is going and that's the way business is going and it's sort of you know not being only a morph mom but a morph professional is that you constantly have to reinvent yourself so
3: wholeheartedly agree with that (laughs) (laughs) it's terrifying actually no it's exciting there's opportunity
2: Exactly. That means you can
3: disrupt an entire publishing industry. Right, right. right. So, yeah, I
2: mean, everyone is really pissed off that we own all of those rights. <laughs> it's like, why didn't we think of that? Yeah, exactly.
3: I, I mean, I think I think that's like what you're saying, Morph morphing um, just means continuously learning yeah. and um, thinking of more clever ways that you can deliver value to people, whether it's a direct consumer or a business or whatever it might be. And... There's a, a huge opportunity, I think, in especially the world that you live in, um, where Amazon sort of dominates to have a unique voice, to communicate a really interesting story, and to rise to the top much more quickly, which is why, I mean, we have to talk about becoming a New York Best Times uh, seller, because that's <laughs> certainly on my bucket list, <laughs> um, so I need to learn from you and get your inside tips, But um, but I think that morphing professional is... A, an incredibly insightful comment because uh the audience that i deal with which is millennials eight, you know 16 to 25 they're dealing with a very amorphous world mm-hmm. which is constantly changing so mm-hmm. it's not just moms mm-hmm. it's everyone mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. needs to be constantly adapting learning and going to the next thing um, to figure out you know what they want to do but also how to um, win it what they want to do
2: Yeah, I guess your audience is trying to think about how to get started, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, moms are trying to think about how to get restarted, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, for me, getting started on the web meant, like, being willing to be totally stupid (laughs) and totally ignorant, you know. And and my son was in high school, and he would, you know, he would come home, and um, I would say, like, okay, how do you download a picture? <laughs> and a lot of eye-rolling, but, you know, I probably paid him. True. But, you know, I didn't know how to do I anything. Am. And uh, and so you just have to be willing to be ignorant and be stupid and humiliate yeah. yourself <laughs> self totally. But I know how to download a picture now.
1: <laughs> and I'm just going to interrupt for a second. So we just mentioned that Kelly has a website as well. Or not just, a website. A, and a, I don't even know how to begin to explain. An Next empire, Gen empire. Yes. an empire. Yes, exactly that—a millennial empire. So, would you? Would you? Uh, oh, like, actually, actually, before I even get into that, callers out there who are now dying to get involved in this conversation, I just want to say, live callers are welcome and encouraged, and um, it's please call in at 212-631-631. Seven three three seven five five three. 7553 I did it again. I mixed up my numbers. 212-631-7553. Um, but now going back to that. So Kelly, would you tell us a little bit about NextGenVest? Yeah, sure. So um, NextGenVest is really looking to
3: redesign how students manage money from the beginning. Um, we don't really believe that it should be a process that frankly sucks, um, <laughs> which I'm sure we can have broader conversations around how money has played a role in any of your decisions, whether it be kids or homes or college tuition. Um, and we're, we're really starting with easily the biggest financial decision that um, a family will make, which is college financing. So we um, provide guidance, um, help through this financial aid, scholarship, and student loan application process all via text message. Um, For parents and for students, um, primarily juniors and seniors, and then also into college. Um, Just a little bit of background on that: about 2.7 billion dollars every year goes unclaimed in free financial aid assets um, because the process for applying is pretty crappy. So there's a lot of forms. um, There's a lot of like jargon. Um, If you're uh, if you have Spanish-speaking parents or English as a second language parents, it's like pretty much impossible Um, there's a lot of deadlines and we employ um, nudging um, psychology over text message to help remind students to meet those deadlines um, and then carry that relationship with them moving forward so um, in summary it's really about saving students time and their families' time money and providing a reliable what we like to say we're the money mentor for every student and their family
1: and it, it is something that is so invaluable. That's, and speaking personally, my daughter was lucky enough to intern with Kelly this summer, and it's just, it is absolutely invaluable. And coming from a background where I was an English major and... I was a former lawyer and I have no idea anything. Obviously I just screwed up the phone number, so I can't even handle a number to begin with (laughs) this. It really is invaluable not only for the kids, but for the parents as well. And I encourage everybody to go on this like immediately Mm. because it really, really does help. And it teaches kids at a very young age, even just the basics. I never learned this. I never learned the very basics of, I mean from writing a check to well out of college and in, investing and getting an apartment. I mean, it just—it it spans decades that this will help these guys. So I, well, I just... I'll put, I'll put
3: in a short plug to say that if you literally have a senior college student currently, tell them to text in to our number because we can, like, I can guarantee we can get you more money, free money to go to college, whether it be scholarships, financial aid, as opposed to taking out student loans, um, which as many of you probably know, you have to pay interest on, and you also cannot go bankrupt um, from those. So they literally kind of carry you to the grave. Um, and as I mentioned before, there's about $2.7 billion out there willing for the taking, and we hope to help students and families get that.
1: So, again, those of you just tuning in tonight, welcome to more Mom moments, and I'm just thrilled with my guests. And when I originally started this, uh, I guess it's been now two months that we've been on the air on Thursday nights – um, I would come in with maybe one guest and we discuss it for an hour. And then I came up with this idea maybe it's great to sort of have a mix of people mm-hmm. and around the table conversation with lots of wine or whatever it is we <laughs> need that night, which we have. And really, it becomes it's just a very interesting round table conversation. But when I promote it, I'm trying to think of what's the best way to promote this tonight. And both of you, my guests, are just amazing women, just in general, amazing women and kind, and exactly why I created Morph Mom. They are women who are examples to all of us and who are there to pay it forward and help everybody. So it's just such a it's just such an incredible find that I met both of you. But how was I gonna promote this? And it was funny, I was thinking younger. So, you know, Kelly, next gen vest appeals to the younger crowd and mm-hmm. and <laughs> younger is basically rare. So I'm gonna now bring it back to younger as well that we were talking about. And um, I, I wanna go back sort of how you were saying how you just started to write these books. How does
2: one just start to write a book? Tell us about this. You know, the truth is that I always wanted to be a novelist. I mean, that that was my aim all through college. That was the thing I dreamed about. And I didn't really know how to write a novel. And I really was very stuck for a lot of years, you know, and when my kids were little, I was um, writing baby name books, I was writing magazine articles, I was, you know, working 20 hours a week while, um, and I felt like I had to earn the money to pay the babysitter. Um, So it was really only when my youngest kid went to kindergarten, that I went back to school, you know, I was, I was (laughs) middle-aged <laughs> I was and I, I went I took a, an extension course at college with um, Ann Packer who's actually an amazing writer who wrote The Dive from Clausen's Pier and um, I it was you know a fiction writing class and I really learned how to write a novel And it, and again I I think about that you know willing to be ignorant at that point mm-hmm. in my life which I think is a really hard thing to do because you kind of get used to No, you know, feeling good about all those great things, you know, and when you start something new, you have to be willing to just be ignorant and say, I don't know how to do this, you know, and and when I do try to do it, I'm really bad at it. I, I would
3: say i i would guess i would challenge on the word <laughs> ignorance <laughs> because it sounds like a negative word mm. and really what i would say mm-hmm. is what your the the behavior pattern that you're describing is really curious mm-hmm. as opposed that. to oh, ignorant <laughs> and i i i would just say like to change the framing on that mm. to be more of a positive because the ability to step outside of mm-hmm. a comfort zone And to do something new is Mm -hmm. actually a positive Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you have to, I mean, frankly, you have to do, you know, when you're learning to be potty trained to like when you're learning to go from having a child to going back into the workforce. And that's a that's a positive natural growth cycle um, as opposed to. Being a negative, right, 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 which is ignorant. I don't mean to like critique. That, no, but... no,
2: no. I mean, I, I wish you had been there when I was feeling <laughs> those things because, in fact, it felt like a negative. But it should be applauded, is what I mean. Well, thank you. I applauded in myself. I think it was a brave thing to do. You know, I think it was a difficult thing to do, but I, but it was also. A scary thing to do, right. and I also felt a lot of negative things about myself, you mm-hmm. know. I also, and it was difficult to face those things. Um, I mean, just kind of thinking about the whole idea of morph moms, I think that stops a lot of women because you, you know, you're 45 or you're 50 and you've raised these kids and you've you know, had these big jobs and then you're going back and you're kind of like, oh, you know, I don't know how to put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, including me, really for a long time, aren't willing to feel those negative feelings. Um, And uh, and and I think that, you know, hey, listen, it's easier to go play tennis Mm -hmm. than to feel that feel than to go into this class and just feel like. I'm bad at this and I'm never going to be good at it because there's way too much to learn. So, do
3: you that's think? Do you mind if I ask a question? No, of course, I, yeah. I, I, I encourage think, you to think, ask a question. I think that that's a really interesting um, sort of female behavior
2: mm, around, uh,
3: around a response to a challenge, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is um, I'm not comfortable with something, which means it must be bad.
2: Right, right, right. Or it
3: must be something that I should kind of be embarrassed about. Uh, which is not how I perceived the perception of a lot of my former classmates who knew nothing about the job interviews that they were going into or who were male, by the way, um, <laughs> who uh, but they kind of just went in cold and confidently and made it work. Um, so I, I'm just kind of curious as to do you do you attribute that to um, the experience of being a mother um, age? or or being female and and obviously that's like a lot to unpack right right right
2: Mm. yeah I think that's a really good point you know and and certainly I've known guys who started writing the novel in the middle of their lives right and the guys for the most part did not go and take you know beginning fiction writing classes they just plunged right in and wrote the novel Mm -hmm. and I remember sitting at um you know, s- sitting at my house with, with a friend who was working on a novel, and I said, so, you know, what's your novel like? And he's like, well, it's kind of a cross between Hemingway and Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at which like, point okay, I didn't now did exactly really like love, that. Right? You know, like, a, wow, what yeah. a funny joke. And he was, like, totally serious, you know? Oh. It's, and, yeah. and, and, like, you're,
3: and you're, like, and you, in your mind, not to put words in your mouth, but you're yeah. like, I'm embarrassed that I can like barely turn on my computer and like I can only like just now figure out spell check and all these other things are running through your mind of like oh I'm like almost there but this the person that you're talking to is like (laughs) this is insane I'm like one of the greats already
2: yes we have a caller how exciting hi welcome to Morph Mom Moments you're on
1: the air who would you like to hi who would you like to ask a question to.
4: Uh, yeah,
0: I had, I had a question, uh, for Kelly. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to know, um, what Kelly thinks about, uh, current high school students and steps that they can take now and into college to make sure they're on track, um, to be able to afford whatever their interest is.
3: Um, awesome. (laughs) That's a very specific question. (laughs) Um, but, uh, uh, sure so a few specific steps to get a little off track um uh one is they can literally text into our hotline which is uh, that's 646-798-1745 that's 646 um but specifically to answer your question um i frame and you kind of mentioned a really interesting word which is their own passion we we really believe that You can't go after your own personal passion if you aren't smart with your money. So it's really hard to go work in that art gallery to go into the developing world if you owe owe $33,000 in student loan debt, which is the average that every college um, graduate is now um, ending up with in, in debt when they graduate. So a few specific steps. One is they can obviously sign up for a service. Two, submit their FAFSA, which is a key financial aid document, earlier rather than later. Two, they can negotiate their financial aid package. We can help with that. A lot of people don't know that you can actually like push back on a university. And three, um, they can they can really specifically think um, about. What do they want to study in school and what are the employment um, opportunities with that particular thing to study? So, um, for example, most students don't even know the exit salary for a first-year graduate in a particular major. We can help provide that. Um, So, anyway, hopefully that answers your question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: So, uh, and again, I encourage everyone listening tonight, welcome to Morph Mom Moments. I'm here with my amazing guests, and I I encourage you all to call in at 212-631-7553. This is quite an opportunity to speak to two really amazing women who, um, again, I'm just honored to be in this room with you. Um, So, okay, we're going to go back now. We were discussing about, um, I think it's very interesting, about the, the dichotomy of taking a class like wanting when you wanted to write this book and you went back and took classes and I'm sure you weren't very vociferous about what you were doing it was sort of more like at night not sharing it with as many and you met this guy who was like yeah well it's a cross between Hemingway and Fitzgerald (laughs) um it's funny because Morph Mom kind of started because of that um I had been an attorney I, again i'll speed through the story tried to go back couldn't they didn't want me they were they were right and i and i thought but I'm, i as an english major i can write a, a book
3: can I'll i interrupt look, you again? yes please <laughs> do, do not speed through this story right like this is you have an amazing story you do well, right i
1: appreciate that but you guys are but i'm no but, but let's, let's hear they may not have heard this story yet all right so. well i oh, thank you. i really appreciate <laughs> kelly for yeah. saying that um So basically what happened to me was I tried to go back to being, uh, I was a prosecutor and I was in juvenile and I loved it because it was a rehabilitative and you worked with everybody and it was, I I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Left for 14 years, tried to come back. And I think that desk was filled before I got to the elevator, leaving the office that day, (laughs) 14 years past. So anyway, you know, you're thinking that night and I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And sort of like what Pam was saying that you lose this confidence. You're like, wait a minute, who am I? Where am I? And where do I begin? So I kind of hunkered down. I thought, all right, well, I was an English major in college. Maybe I can pull something together. And I've read a million children's books to my kids. Maybe that's what I could do. And I had this fun little story that I thought would translate well into a children's book. So I wrote my masterpiece in 24 hours. (laughs) It was quite the masterpiece, but I didn't tell anybody about it because again, that confidence plays into it. Like who do I think I am? I barely could tell people I was a lawyer after going through law school. And now I think I'm a writer and I'm going to tell people I've written this book. No way. So I'm going to research this quietly and silently in the Dark of night, no one's going to know what I'm trying to do. I couldn't master the internet, so I couldn't even figure out how to do it, which actually, again, was part of the reason for Morph Mom, is I tried to look up how – the question was simple. How do you self-publish a book? Right. I couldn't get an answer. There were 72,000 different e- like places it was sending me to with very right. theoretical answers but not the steps to take to get there. Mm. And again, this was going nowhere. It was written in a night. I understand that. But just to make myself feel like I was – trying or pursuing something at the time. So I didn't tell anybody about it. So on top of being so frustrated with not finding an answer, I was scared to tell anybody had done this. And inadvertently one day, so inadvertently, and as the words came out of my mouth, tried to push him back in, but it was too late. Said to a friend of mine of 13 years at the time, I wrote this children's book and it came out so fast because <laughs> I was so excited. I'm like, what have I done? Like Pandora's box is just completely unraveled. And Opportunities, she... Opportunities, scary things. Oh, uh, and oh my it, goodness. As it was coming out, I knew... It was too late. Like, it was done. I don't know what, what what's going to happen next. And this woman that I'd known for 13 years, a really good friend of mine. Who's listening right now. Who, better, who actually better be listening right now. Who I actually am very thankful to at this point, although back then maybe not at that minute. Um, without one word, literally rolled her eyes and sighed with the most amount of disgust I've ever heard in my entire life and walked away. And that was it. Not a word, nothing else, just an eye roll and a sigh of disgust and walked away. And I, and I tell my kids every day, it doesn't matter what people think you do what you want. You try, you fail, who cares? I was out. It was like a, what is it? TKO. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. down for the count. Like Mm -hmm. I was done and it took me a while to recover from that. And to this day, I'm mad at myself that I let this affect me so profoundly but it really, really did. It knocked me. It knocked me. I don't
2: get it. What was the i? What was it about? What, what you know, she said to you? Or she what? said
1: literally nothing. It was pure disgust. It was disgust. an eye roll. So the idea, I think what? it's uh, pure jealousy, or you know that you had this idea, and you know that's what I think. But it, it I turns, I think story. at the time I wasn't even thinking through it. I think it was so that I exposed myself to somebody, and doing mm-hmm. that is really hard, mm-hmm. and. At any age, it's really hard to sort mm-hmm. of come out there, but especially when you've been sort of, you know, not out there for a long, long time, and then all yeah. of a sudden you do it, and the one person you trust sort of shoots you down. You're like, well, that's it. But the beauty of it is, I think, <laughs> a co- you know, a couple weeks later and a couple drinks, <laughs> many drinks later, maybe, to recover, I sort of realized that maybe it was a blessing in disguise that mm-hmm. no one should ever be treated like that right. again. And there's so many mm-hmm. women out there mm-hmm. who are positive and encouraging mm-hmm. and have done things and want to pay it forward and share. And that was the genesis of Morph Mom. So I'm sorry to have turned it this way, but when you said that, that's exactly why I started Morph Mom. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. there's, and it's not just women, it's people out there. And it's not, and it's not
3: that big of a thing either. Sometimes it's just a glance. That's right. A positive glance or a high five or someone saying like, that's awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. As opposed to an eye roll. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that, that Mm -hmm. literally obviously made an impression on you. And that could have gone the complete one eighty other direction by a different facial expression, which is like to me very fascinating. Which it, like around, which is why I asked you mm-hmm. about: is that a female quality or is that mm-hmm. an age quality mm-hmm. or like whatever mm-hmm. it might mm-hmm. be? Which is very few. And this is what we were talking about at dinner beforehand: is like the the concept of empathy, which most people are just completely unaware of the reaction or like the 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 force that they give to other people and it really can be life changing you clearly have held on to this one moment in time and luckily it spawned a great movement but that can like that's a that's a woman to woman thing but also it's a human to human thing too which is people should just generally be empathetic to another person's reaction to maybe taking a risk or doing something different or do you know what i'm saying it's just it's like a I I don't know. I I wish more people were more cognizant of their own reactions to other people.
2: I think I would probably feel more dismissed by another mom than I would Mm -hmm. by a guy who I would just kind of think, guys dismiss women yeah mm-hmm. um, that's
3: i mean that's really interesting sorry too. do Jen. you find that <laughs> to your generation i mean we're talking no. <laughs> older and younger no. generation here right yeah. i mean how Absolutely do you feel not. about that i mean i do not take it as a granted that men will dismiss me
2: Good.
3: at all because I, and then and if they do mm-hmm. i'll be like who like who the hell are you right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sorry yeah. But, yeah. But, but like i'm just to be quite honest like if someone is to say it to me you and I'm, I mean I, I don't speak on things that I'm not super confident about so mm-hmm. that's like one, level one I also feel like I'm pretty empathetic to most people, level two but if someone is going to tell me that I'm stupid, like you better be light years ahead of me to be able to call me out on that vein and I just, I think in two veins, one um, men who are my peers have grown up with women who have had jobs while they've been raising them who have had 50 50 um, college matricula- matriculation between men and women. Who have had women who are valedictorians, and then go get law degrees, and then go become partners? So there's success stories that men can say, "Oh wait, okay, like maybe I shouldn't be an asshole too." <laughs> yeah, like this,
5: right, yeah. right? Like you know, back what I mean? to the soccer dads. Oh,
3: yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who wants to be a soccer dad out there? I know a lot of my a lot of my guy friends want to be soccer dads. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I
2: love it. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't take it so much to heart though if a man rolled his eyes, but if another. Work, if another mom rolled her eyes, I would I would take that more to heart. Yeah. I would feel more like that was a more serious dismissal because she lived in the same place I lived and it would hurt yeah. more.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Just the thought of someone not being supportive in that situation, whether or not, and I understand if you thought it was ridiculous, because it was. I mean, I, admittedly, it was. No, what it what it are you was. talking but about? But it felt Why is it but not it, ridiculous. But I mean, the book itself was never going anywhere but it, it was that matter. I had you done something and yeah. about it. well and that's, that's that was to yeah. me was yeah. the most devastating part okay about it. so
3: the difference in how that conversation could have been was an eye roll and walking away the opposite end of the spectrum of that conversation would have been like whoa Kathleen I never knew that you were interested in that let me introduce you to three other people who I think you might be able to benefit from so there's mm-hmm. one end of the spectrum which is completely dismissive and also, like, tears you to shreds. And then there's the other end of the spectrum which is, oh, hold on a second,
2: I can be helpful to you.
3: Or, at the very least, I can just give a positive
1: reaction, right?
2: <laughs> or even neutral, just say, wow, that's interesting, Kathleen. Yeah, Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, That's right. And
1: all that would – that's all it takes. And it's something for those of you listening out there. And I think it's just – so important that our kids even know mm-hmm. that that how much literally one gesture, one little eye roll can devastate some or, or the the effect or the impact you can have on somebody else. And like you're saying, just that empathetic thing in general in mm-hmm. life. And whether or not you agree, disagree, can't believe what somebody's done, how about just a smile? How <laughs> about just mm-hmm. yeah. Like that's all you need to do. But it mm-hmm. it's just fascinating to me that there's so many people out there who maybe don't or maybe they're not cognizant of how impactful something like that can be. Yeah. And that's why morph mom to me like as much as i i stay up all night working on this and i i love every minute of it because every single person i meet along the way and this is true of the past 4 years has been that empathetic person who's out there to help you no matter what they think you can do it you can't do it it that's not it it's that they're there to support you and that's why i'm just I it's blood, sweat, and tears on this, and it's worth every single second of what I do for this because I love it. I love that these are women who are out there supporting other people, regardless of the situation.
3: But I think that like it's not just you who probably loves it, right? Now, now other people, thousands of people around the country, I love it. <laughs> yeah, are now are I now seeing <laughs> are now seeing. Like I mean, that's like the sort of the core element of community building, which is you instill a core value set a core principle set, like a way that people interact, you, you set the rules of the game. And then other people abide by those because they feel like they're a part of something and they're accountable to something. So you're changing culture with how women and hopefully on the outsides, men to women as well, can be interacting together because you've given them that rules of the game so they feel comfortable to say, oh, wait a second, maybe if I was with this person who's a stranger in a bar, and she's a woman, she's telling me about her dreams, I might, like, sort of brush it off. But because I'm at one of these events, I know the rules of the game that I should be supportive. And it's a conditioning, and I think it's a positive conditioning that's really beneficial to change, to, like, make people, like, put top of mind. This is how you act at these types of things, and that's only moving things forward.
1: I really appreciate that, because I hope Mm -hmm. that's what it's doing. But I can't take credit for it because I have to say, I think the women, and again, everyone sitting here tonight, it's ingrained in them. This is the natural thing to them. It's not something that you guys, you come to the table with that automatically. And that's what I think more Mom is. It brings like-minded people who say, yeah, we're never going to do the eye roll and a sigh. It's going to be, you know, we're there for you regardless of what it is. So. For those of you listening out there, again, it's morphmom.com, M-O-R-P-H-M-O-M.com. And I encourage you to go to the site. and If you're in any way moved by this or encouraged by this, please come because you will find women who really will support you no matter what it is. And it, it helps. Like, you can get there with a little bit of support. You can't imagine where you can go with this. I mean, we were talking at dinner and, you know, I'm,
3: th- I mean, like, it goes vice versa, right? Like, I'm telling you, you should think bigger right, about and on the whole. Like, you should think bigger about owning a particular space where you can help a lot of people and, and be socially mindful, right? You're helping women rediscover themselves to re-enter a workforce. But also there's a huge business opportunity to be able to do that, to employ a very smart group of people who, by the way, are consumers and spend money on things and – buy the products of a lot of different large corporations. So I, I just think that it's a, a two-way street for the Morphom community, and I've been to a few different – I'm certainly not a mom yet, um, but, uh, but I appreciate the dynamic um, discussion, but also support system that you're clearly building. And I would encourage – like, I think that even for you, it's – you if, you, if you're a part of it, most people are building you up, to think bigger as opposed to tearing you down to think smaller. And that's what I think energizes a
1: lot of people. Well, it's interesting that you're saying that. So I'm thinking now, when you started to write and you went to that first writing class, where did you think you would go? Like what was your expectation or did you have an expectation at that point?
2: I mean, I think at that point, I felt like I was finally taking myself seriously as as a novelist that I was finally taking the first step on the path that I wanted to be on. I didn't know where it was going to lead. I mean, I, I hoped it was going to lead, and it did, to actually writing a novel and actually selling a novel as opposed to telling everybody that I wanted to do that. Um, so, But, you know, listening to Kelly, I think... <laughs> just completely No, I mean, blab Kelly, on. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly, is a woman, Kelly is a woman from... Kelly is, <laughs> this is a funny term to put on you, but it's like Kelly is a pre-mom woman. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, um, and, and she's, she's a woman from a different generation, I think with yeah. a lot of valid differences. And I wonder what advice you would give, you know, um, to Kathleen, but also other women of an older generation who want to do what you're doing and start their own business and go out there and look for funding and start their own community and website. What's your advice from your generation? Um,
3: Not that I'm, I mean, like I mentioned before, I'm in a position of empathy. So I, I wouldn't even completely claim to give advice to someone who's been through substantially more life experiences than myself Because I know that, that, like, the blood, sweat, and tears that you're talking about, Kathleen, the ability to um, get up the courage to go to a writing class, like, I can't even imagine that. Um, So I say this with, like, a a complete naivete, I guess I would say. But um, my, like, main piece of, if I can even give advice, is, like, the the world is for your taking, (laughs) right? Like, you have to be so... um, incredibly confident in your own views on the world because you are a particular consumer and you have particular viewpoints. People sell things to you. You buy things from them. They spend marketing dollars on those things. You have particular types of sentiments around you. You have different ideas. None of those other people have those types of ideas. So I, the same thing that I say to students is, you know, a 17-year-old girl who understands social media has a voice that people will pay a lot of money for the same voice exists within the morph mom community right like if you are a consumer you have power and it's just about cultivating that voice and that power and that understanding of what who you are and your story so i mean on the whole i would say like be really confident in your story and be really confident that that a lot of people out there have no idea how to speak to you, how to sell things to you, how to inspire you, because they're not you, <laughs> right? So I mean, this, this gets back to what we were talking about with the, the amount of women on corporate board seats, the wage gap, women make 73 cents on the dollar to every man. So to me, that's like prime, se- like prime season for innovation, because women make up over 50% of the population, they hold a huge amount of wallet share, like they are consumers that are powerful, but they're not being told a story by women who have shared that experience with mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. So that's a very long-winded way of saying be be confident. You're unique, but you also buy things. So mm-hmm. yeah, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> like a lot of the time. <laughs> but and, like, unfortunately, and, and to that point, like your ideas. I mean, like lots of people, like tons of people, have ideas. But if you feel like you can build something that is of value, that is solving important problems, that is helping other people, like, take that to the next level. Ask people for advice. Get out of your comfort zone. Why not? Like, what else do you have to do? You're going to watch Netflix. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like life is only so short. Like, take advantage of it. Take a risk. Like, you're going to be embarrassed about it for five minutes. Like, who the hell cares? You know mm-hmm, what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm, Why not? Totally.
1: I agree. And actually when you're saying they embarrass her five minutes, so that like kick in the stomach thing I told you guys about, I literally hold up now sort of like as my Oscar, (laughs) as like my Emmy, because it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Like I needed to get that kick to do this. And I have a daughter who's about to turn twenty, and I if there's nothing else I can teach her is exactly sort of what you're saying, although you do it much better. (laughs) So if you would speak to her directly, much more effective. But it's that take the hit, take the kick and rise above it and use it to your benefit that you can help others. And you can, when that happened, I thought it was all over for the few days, the weeks, whatever. And then I did this. I did for mom because of that. And who thought you could rise out of the flames to do something else? But that's the whole point. But it's as easy as to say at that time. There's no way I thought I could ever recover from that. Yeah. I was done. I don't know where I was going.
2: Yeah, but but it's a lot of work too because you kind of you have to keep getting yourself up and keep keep revisiting and reinventing your own belief in yourself. You know, I had this this really pivotal moment watching Charlize Theron on the Oscars. Appropriate mm-hmm. because it's this weekend, and I was sitting there, you know, enviously thinking I think she was winning an Oscar, and right. I was thinking. Like, she never gets rejected. And then I thought, of course she does. She gets rejected all the time. She's just better at dealing with it than most other people. And I I think about that moment all the time because I think, actually, if you're taking appropriate professional risks Mm -hmm. and doing new things, that the more you do that, the more you're going to get rejected. And it's really not about taking those rejections seriously, but about... Um, becoming better at recovering from them. Right. And, and, and that's that's, awesome. I mean, like, if you yeah, think. Yeah,
1: that's good. I like if, that. you, <laughs> sure, that.
3: if you think. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, that. if you think. If, if, okay, we were talking about soul cycle a little, I think, a little bit beforehand. Or maybe, or maybe this is my meeting before. But yeah. um, but <laughs> I, I, I mean, I.
4: <laughs> I, threw I had up a few up beers. My, we might
1: have been. <laughs> I threw up
3: after my first soul cycle, and I was a varsity athlete. So, like, soul cycle is hard. Um, but the. The, the recovery period of an athlete is what makes you phenomenal in training in the ability to um, like scale or like think about in going from mid-level mediocre to phenomenon f- to phenomenal um, in soul cycle it's like your recovery period between sets um, and I think that's really mm-hmm. interesting that you compare um, Negative reaction or rejection to recovery period mm-hmm. because the best athletes in the world are the best at recovery periods,
4: mm. they know how to
3: manage that, yeah, it's and I think that's the best right. people i I honestly i mean like i t- i've changed i and this has literally been in the past like three years. I look at every rejection as the opportunity Mm. to go back and get a yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, oh shit, like I have to go home. Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, why? Like, why does it have to be, why does it have to be looked at it that way? It should be looked at as a, a like, I mean, I'm I'm a natural, like I grew up as an athlete, like I swam and played water polo. And like, I look at recovery time as a, a similar comparison between rejection, which is you recover, you get better, you prepare for the next thing.
2: And I, I think that's really an advantage for. Oh, uh, hello.
1: Show. Wait, hold, wait! I want to hear that advantage. Hold oh. oh, that thought. Hold oh, that yeah. thought. Okay.
2: Okay. Hi, welcome to Morph Mom Moments. You're on the air with Kelly Peeler and Pamela Redmond Saturn, Can I
0: help you? What's Hi, your question? I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually calling to um, with a question to Pamela. My name is Mariah. Hello. Um, Hi, how are Hi, you guys? Maya. It's beautiful listening to you. You sound you guys are really inspiring. Um I wanted to call because one I love the show Younger. Um oh, I have not you. yet read the book. I plan to after hearing you speak. Um I think it's really awesome. I actually have a mom, she's 45 and um she looks just as young as me, so it's very interesting watching Liza in the show go through what she goes through because I feel like my mom is very young um still and she's like still doing things like me. I'm a singer and my mom also sings, so like it's really wow. inspiring to see her and how she acts even in her older age, as people might think, you know, 45 is older, but she still lives as youthful as possible. Um, So I just wanted to know um, if the show did justice to your book. And also, I wanted to know how it got picked up. I I mean, that must have been so exciting.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, I love the show. I mean, I genuinely think it's so awesome. And how it got picked up, it's like one of those things in life that kind of like, you know, all the best things like falling in love or finding your passion, it mm-hmm. just basically dropped from the sky. <laughs> you know, as, as 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 many times as I wished or tried to get a book of mine picked up for um, a television show, you know, you can't, it's, it's like such a big thing from the TV end because there's so much money involved, there's so many people involved that have to say yes that as a writer, you can't really make that happen. And so it really literally, um, I was thinking today, like I was thinking today about like, what were the best days of my life? And of course I thought about, you know, the days my kids were born, um, the day my granddaughter was born, um, you know, amazing, just amazing days. But I thought one of the best days was this day that I finished writing one book I finished planning another book and then that night I found out that younger had been picked up yeah, and I awesome. know it was just like you know how like everything happens like at this one moment and no one had told me. I actually read it on page six of the New York Post. No way. Yes. Oh yes. That's I was so like, crazy. you know, I was like doing that thing like they like the, the cartoon <laughs> characters do where they're like blinking their eyes really hard. Like I can't possibly be seeing this. Right. <laughs> um, so that was very cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And uh, and Darren Starr is like a really lovely guy. And I couldn't be more thrilled with the show. Yeah, thank you for asking me that. It sounds like well, thank you. It sounds like you have a great relationship with your mom.
0: I do. Yeah, she's my best friend. Wow, i so, wow. You're so yeah, lucky we talk for both every of day. You. It's
2: awesome. Wow, that is so great.
0: Wait, how old are you? maybe I <laughs> I'm up. hope for my <laughs> 24. How old? 24. Wow. wow. <laughs> I love that.
2: Keep it going.
1: <laughs>
2: thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you for calling. Thank you for hey, calling call in. You.
1: So, actually, it's so funny. I now, and you can watch uh, Pam's interview is up on Morphom. So, if you want to go up and hear her whole story, if you go to m o r p h m o m dot com, numbers and letters tonight are not my best friends. But if you go up to Morphom, you can watch her full story. But I'm curious about this as well. So, did
2: you know that they were looking at younger? How did it happen? No, I knew that, you know, the book had been optioned a lot. I mean, it had been optioned by ABC. It had been optioned by a lot of big producers. And I knew that Darren Starr had optioned it, but at that point it was a 10-year-old book and it had been optioned for 10 years and no one had made mm. the show. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes in Hollywood. So I didn't really think it was going to happen. So it was just, you know, and, and I'm sure you know, anybody in Hollywood would say that you just need, you know, so many lights need to turn green mm-hmm. that... Um, It's really a lot, you know, so many stars need to align that it's really great that that all happened. Is it, and
1: I just have a question, is it so strange to see your words on, like on television? Like your ideas and your thoughts and all the hard work that went into it. it, What does it feel like when you watch it on television?
2: (laughs) You know, it feels Less weird when I watched it on television than like um, Darren uh, Star actually invited me to the first day of filming, and I went out. They were filming. Uh, it was supposed to be at you know my house basically in yeah. New Jersey that oh I had God. described. Wait, where in New Jersey in Montclair, New oh, wow. Jersey. Okay, That's so crazy. And I used to swim at Montclair. Why? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. great wow. place to swim. And but they were shooting it <laughs> in Long Island, <laughs> and they were shooting this scene where. Liza you know the house is being sold and Liza goes into the house and I was standing there and there were like you Mm -hmm. know 150 people in this room and they were shooting this scene that I had written you know with these characters that I had invented and it was the most surreal amazing I mean that all right that's going to go up there that's up there in the (laughs) top 10 it really was this amazing moment and um and it was great. So, and, and now it's interesting because the show has moved so far beyond the book that it's really interesting. It
4: surprises you, probably. Was it, it does,
2: right? yes. Yes. I, yes, yes, yes. May I ask you somewhat of a personal question? Yeah.
3: Was that moment worth the um, discomfort that you felt when you were taking your writing classes? Oh, my God. Or... Oh, yeah. that was Great. <laughs> great question.
2: Great. But, yeah, of course. I mean – you know, incredible. I mean, what could be more gratifying? Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. And, of course, yes, I mean, I think I can only talk about my incredible shame and discomfort mm-hmm. because I feel like, yes, there was a payoff.
5: So the message is put yourself out there. Get uncomfortable. Well, the Pray, message is obviously I mean. <laughs> put yourself
2: out there because, you know, the message is kind of that, um, and, and I would really be interested to hear how you mm-hmm. feel about this. Discomfort is part of the process. Yes. And so, you know, yes, you can crawl into your little, like, (laughs) I have this horrible image. (laughs) Oh, we got to hear it, though. Yes, yes, quick. (laughs) Well, you know, kind of like the fur-lined coffin. You know, you kind of, like, crawl in and close the lid, and everything's very cozy. All right. A lot of silence Mm. in this room. Mm. But it's, you know, but that's the alternative. Honestly, I feel like that's the alternative. And you know not that being home with your children and your family and cooking thanksgiving i mean it's it's great it really is but once your kids get to be a certain age mm-hmm. you really you really need more and listen There's
5: so much more too some
2: people yeah. you know you don't have to write a novel you don't have to start a website to feel that i mean some people find that you know singing with the the Church group, or you know, cooking at the soup kitchen, something different, but you know, something for yourself to find that gratification, and it's all gonna make you feel uncomfortable, and it's all gonna be worth it. That's that's like life, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe this. We have one minute left of the show. I could have gone on and on and on. (laughs) So you both have to come back again. There's no question. I want to begin by thanking everybody tonight. Uh, Kelly Peeler, everybody go to NextGenVest. n a x t g e n v e s t dot com immediately. Get on that (laughs) texting thing. I want to thank my co-host Lisa Berkeley, who's amazing as ever, and Pamela Redmond Saturn. I mean. it's just fascinating to sit here and think about what that must have been like that day yeah. when Younger is thank up you. on stage. And it's just a lesson to us all that that uncomfortable feeling, it's a good thing. Like We just kind of all need it. So I want to thank everybody for listening in tonight.
2: Wow, thank you. Thanks, and and thank I'm
1: you. so thankful to my guests and my co hosts and to, to everybody here tonight. And I look forward to hopefully speaking to you all next week. I'll see you next Thursday. Uh, good night.
2: Good night. Good night.
5: voted number one jazz cabaret club by new york magazine the metropolitan room is one of the most critically acclaimed venues in new york city and is known as the home for big name talents and rising stars known as a celebrity hangout the metropolitan room is a high-end cabaret and jazz club and brings the best in live music to new york city every night of the week fabulous award-winning Broadway, TV, film, and radio performers take the stage in an intimate 115-seat elegant venue. Aside from the great, highly professional artistic shows and audience, Metropolitan Room provides an exceptional appetizer and dessert menu as well as exotic and specialty drinks prepared by top New York City bartenders. The Metropolitan Room is located at 34 West 22nd Street, Conveniently located near public transportation. For information or reservations, call area code 212 206 0440. Once again, the area code is 212 206 0440. Or go to their website at www.metropolitanroom.com.
4: Hi, this is Jill from Adult Socials. I want to take a few moments to talk to all the ladies out there. Are you a female that is curious about swinging and alternative lifestyles? Do you feel nervous about walking into a swinger party by yourself? Or maybe you're a female swinger just looking to make some like-minded friends. Whether you're in a committed relationship or single, Girls' Night Out is a great place to start. Girls' Night Out is a two-hour, female-only, non-judgmental meet-and-greet hosted by veteran female swingers like myself. Held one Thursday and one Friday each month, our mission is to allow the ladies a chance to discuss the swinger and alternative lifestyles in a relaxed, male-free environment. Easier than talking to your sister and less expensive than a therapist, Girls' Night Out is perfect for veterans, newbies, or even those just curious. To learn more about Girls' Night Out, including how to make a reservation, please call 917-558-3520 or visit adultsocials.com. Hope to see you at the next Girls' Night Out. Hi, this is Jill from Adult Socials. I want to take a few moments to talk to all the ladies out there. Are you a female that is curious about swinging and alternative lifestyles? Do you feel nervous about walking into a swinger party by yourself? Or maybe you're a female swinger just looking to make some like-minded friends. Whether you're in a committed relationship or single, Girls' Night Out is a great place to start. Girls' Night Out is a two-hour, female-only, non-judgmental meet-and-greet hosted by veteran female swingers like myself. Held one Thursday and one Friday each month, our mission is to allow the ladies a chance to discuss the swinger and alternative lifestyles in a relaxed, male-free environment. Easier than talking to your sister and less expensive than a therapist, Girls' Night Out is perfect for veterans, newbies, or even those just curious. To learn more about Girls' Night Out, including how to make a reservation, please call 917-558-3520 or visit adultsocials.com. Hope to see you with the next Girls' Night Out.
1: Sparky the Fire Dog here. Protect your family from fire. Make sure your home has
5: smoke alarms in every bedroom, outside your sleeping areas, and on every level of your home,
4: even your basement. For games and activities, go to sparky.org. We want to keep you, your family, and your community safer from fire. This message brought to you by the National Fire Protection Association and your local fire department. Visit sparky.org.
5: Hi there, I'm Tim McGraw. One of the great things about music is how it brings people together. Kids like to hang out, listen to music, and talk about what's hot and what's not on the music scene. And playing instruments and singing provides a way for young people to get together and interact in a cooperative and respectful way. Kids who play in school ensembles understand that every part has to work together for the result to be the magical art called music. Your local school music programs provide a golden opportunity for your child to experience